0: Welcome to the Diet Dietribe Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. This show is designed to talk about all of the honest failures and successes when it comes to diet and exercise. Yes, we want this to be uplifting, but we also want to be truthful and realistic. As we age, our bodies slow down and our metabolisms drop off. Our sex drives go haywire and nothing goes the way we want it to. But we want to talk about all these things and share our crazy stories about what we do to try to lose weight and get healthy, as well as what we're doing wrong in that battle. I guess you could call this podcast a diet. Diary of sorts, and each week we're going to break down our diet and exercise and have guests on who will talk about their stories. So, this is the podcast for the week ending in May 3rd, 2020. I apologize, but we have taken quite a long break in this journey, and part of the reason for that has been the coronavirus outbreak, which has pretty much quarantined kept us all at home changed our lives as we know it and that's fine but we took a little break to try to organize ourselves plus I made the move from the west coast in particular the state of California to the midwest so I needed a little time off to pretty much get myself organized to move to pack unpack and all that good stuff But in the meantime, my diet, as it has been with many, many people during this crazy time, has just gone off the rails. The gyms aren't open. There's not a lot you can do unless you're going to be doing that workout at home. Typically, I like to run, walk, hike, all those things. But after going through moving up and down stairs and packing and unpacking, I have just had excruciating knee pain in my left knee as well. So it's kind of put a kibosh on the ability to go running for now. And then with the whole stay at home quarantine thing and drinking and eating a bunch of crap, because we're all stuck at home and we're just doing the best we can to survive. Things have not (laughs) gone in the diet area the way I thought they would be by this point, And that's okay. I'm cutting myself a little bit of slack. I'm giving myself the excuse to just be happy and live life because life is too short. But I still want to talk to some folks about some of the interesting stuff that is going on health wise for now. So let's talk about some of the bad things that we're doing and then we can kind of talk about some of the things that we we can do to fix that during all of this. But I found this really interesting article called eat this uh, on eatthis.com. It is nine worst health habits to have during the coronavirus pandemic. We're all just trying to survive here, but exhibiting these behaviors during quarantine could both hurt you and your physical and mental health. So, we need to learn to recognize some of these things. First and foremost, Investing in your personal health is one of the utmost important things today, especially now more than ever during this pandemic. However, there are several behaviors that you could be doing regularly that are hindering your body's immune system or sabotaging your mental or physical health. Between research and consulting health experts, the people that wrote this article pulled together a list of nine of the worst health habits you can be doing right now during the coronavirus pandemic. This article was written by Cheyenne Buckingham. The first thing on this list is staying indoors. Watching countless episodes on Netflix, Hulu, and HBO is beneficial to your mental health to some extent. But if you're becoming a hermit and not leaving the house to go for a walk or a jog, that could be problematic over time. There are few reasons to leave the house these days, including the fact that we're supposed to be spending time at home. But spending most of your time indoors limits sunlight exposure, which is thought to boost your mood and promote feelings of calm and focus. And we all need that right now. So grab your cloth mask and hit the trail for a 30 minute power walk. Even if you have to just stay in your neighborhood, that is better than sitting in the house all day long. The second thing on this list is staying sedentary. And this is also so very bad for you. Being sedentary goes hand in hand with staying indoors. Reducing activity levels can pose a threat to your health though, especially if inactivity becomes a routine. Sitting around all day can increase your risks of health concerns like cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes, and it also makes it more challenging for your body to fight off infection. Thankfully, there are so many at-home workouts you can do during this time to stay active like streaming virtual yoga or high-intensity training classes, lifting dumbbell weights, or learning dance moves from YouTube videos. Go check it out. Those are helpful. Smoking. This is one thing that people are doing a little bit more of now that they're stuck at home. But current preliminary research is suggesting that those who smoke cigarettes are more susceptible to suffering from adverse complications of the coronavirus. It's largely due to something in your lungs called the ACE2 receptor This protein is embedded in the surfaces of cells scattered across the body, but COVID-19 specifically targets the ones that are located in the upper and lower respiratory tracts. So, this plugs into the receptors and injects genetic material into the cells it inhibits. This is how the disease replicates and spreads in the body. A recent study which has been posted... Speculates that lungs exposed to cigarette smoke could accumulate an excessive number of these receptors. As a result, the lungs could be more prone to damage by the coronavirus. Keep in mind, the study was just posted just like a month ago and is yet to be peer-reviewed. So whether or not there is a direct link between smoking and adverse complications of coronavirus will require more research. Impulsive eating. This is one thing I have been guilty of as well. For those who are fortunate enough to work from home during this time, the urge to snack constantly may be incessant. Working very close to your kitchen comes with challenges. Eating with distraction, mindlessly eating, or eating out of boredom can lead to poor food choices, weight gain, and feelings of dissatisfaction. Try to resist those snacking temptations by regularly drinking water or even having a cup of herbal tea between meals helpful information for sure. Eating lots of processed foods is one that we're all guilty of as well. Believe it or not, those comfort foods you cannot seem to get enough of during this time could actually be suppressing your immune function and hindering your body's ability to fend off infection. Alcohol and processed foods that are high in sugar and fat can affect your immune system, doctors say. These foods increase inflammation and make it difficult to fight infections. Also, from data in NYC, the three conditions with the worst outcomes of death were obesity, diabetes, and heart disease, and all of these can occur due to poor diet. So adopting a predominantly plant-based diet is more important now more than ever. Number six... We are spending increased time in front of a screen. Has anyone else been watching their estimated screen time increase each week of the mandated quarantine? Don't worry. We all have been doing it. It could be affecting the quality of your sleep. Here is how. Since there's nowhere to go in the evenings, you may be spending more time in front of the screen, especially at night. This comes with increased exposure to blue light, which can disrupt your sleep cycle, make for restless night's sleep, and cause you to be more tired the next day. A good night's sleep is a very important part of good health. Sleep and immunity are very directly correlated. The Sleep Foundation says that chronic sleep loss can make a flu vaccine less effective as it impairs your body's ability to produce sufficient antibodies number seven comparing yourselves to others on social media can be detrimental there are so many people who are using this extra time at home to get an amazing shape redecorate their houses or dive into personal projects Conversely, there are a lot of us out there who are focusing on just surviving during these difficult times. No matter what motivation you identify with the most, seeing what others post on social media can be triggering. Comparing yourself to what other people are doing on social media can cause you to discount or question what you're already doing and make you feel guilty that you aren't getting enough time into the gym or working out or organizing during the quarantine. If just making it through the day is all you can muster the energy to do, that's okay too. You're not expected to be up and doing anything crazy during this traumatic time. Just do the best you can. Number eight, are you getting enough vitamin D? In Europe, preliminary research from studies have suggested that low levels of vitamin D are associated with a higher risk of mortality from the coronavirus, In the preliminary reports, researchers say the most vulnerable group of the population is also the one that has a a deficit in vitamin D. Other recent studies support links between low vitamin D levels and a high mortality rate from the coronavirus pandemic. France, Italy, and Spain are among countries with the highest mortality rates and the lowest average vitamin D levels. There are several health benefits of vitamin D, but D3 in particular is the one that's thought to be the most effective at raising vitamin D levels. The body naturally produces vitamin D3 from being out in the sun, but most people are also in need of a supplement to get healthy doses of this vitamin. And it's also kind of critical to your overall health as well You want to be balanced, you want to be healthy in all things Get a little bit of sunshine, take a vitamin D supplement if you really need to And then the last one is not creating time for yourself And this can be a very, very critical thing as well Now's the time to open up that book you've been meaning to read And try those new healthy recipes you've bookmarked on your phone Practicing self-care is extremely important right now If you're cooped up with other people This can be tricky, but you want to spend some time for yourself to recharge and decompress, according to the experts. So make sure you're kind to yourself. And we all know our diets have been insane during this time, but ultra-processed foods can make you vulnerable to the coronavirus, research is saying now you want to be careful, folks. This particular article is written by Charmaine Lastimosa, and it came out on medicaldaily.com. Ultra-processed foods are everywhere. They can be easily bought from physical stores and online shops, and people do not have a problem doing this because the U.S. food supply is dominated by food that is high in saturated fat, salt, and sugar. For the uninitiated, ultra-processed foods are foods that have gone through multiple processes like molding, extrusion, and milling. They also typically contain multiple ingredients that have undergone multiple processes as well. The best examples of ultra-processed foods are hot dogs, candy, soft drinks, breakfast cereals, chicken nuggets, and chips. And during this difficult time when the novel coronavirus is wreaking havoc everywhere, people who like to indulge in ultra-processed foods are found to be more vulnerable than those who like to eat healthy foods. Experts are even saying that consumption of ultra-processed foods might be a risk factor for contracting the coronavirus. Many studies have already established that ultra-processed foods can increase the risk of contracting certain conditions like obesity, cancer, type 2 diabetes, gallstones, and cardiovascular disease. But the coronavirus targets people who have low immunity, and so people with any of the aforesaid conditions are at a higher risk ultra processed foods all over the world are generally unhealthy, but the ones available in the U S are actually worse. And this is because American manufacturers usually process their products with higher sugar and sodium content. This explains why the average American diet is considered unhealthy. Apart from increasing the chances of having certain conditions, ultra-processed foods have also been found to compromise the gut biology, which plays an important role in the body's ability to stimulate an immune response against infections. Prior to the pandemic, the consumption of ultra-processed foods was already considered a bad idea. And now that the pandemic is ongoing, doing so is all the more dangerous, according to experts. Health folks out there have been campaigning for healthy eating amid the coronavirus lockdown, but this, as we know, is a struggle for many people since ultra-processed foods are designed to be centrally appealing, habit-forming, and hyper-available. In addition, they are also strategically marked as foods of convenience. With no coronavirus cure in sight, authorities are urging everyone to cut back on their consumption of ultra-processed foods. They recommend preparing home-cooked meals with lots of vegetables so that it gives the body the immunity boost it needs during the pandemic. Even better, how about some fasting? Fasting. Let's talk a little bit about that. Intermittent fasting could boost your health, according to new studies. Dennis Thompson wrote this article, and it came out a while back, but here comes the new year, they say. And with hordes of folks looking at ways to fill resolutions to eat healthy, intermittent fasting is a legitimate option that you might want to consider. The state of the science on intermittent fasting has evolved to the point where it can now be considered as one approach with exercise and healthy food to improving and maintaining health as a lifestyle approach, according to experts. There's two main ways to adopt intermittent fasting into your life. First, daily time-restricted feeding gives you a narrow window during which you can eat, usually six to eight hours each day. Or... Intermittent fasting that requires people to eat only one moderate-sized meal on two days each week. So there are various parts of this that people can participate in. When people are fasting, they're slowly burning through the glucose stored in their liver. The liver holds about 700 calories of glucose, typically. And it takes about 10 to 12 hours to use the liver's energy stores. Then, what happens is fats are used for energy. This process is called metabolic switching and the three meals a day eating pattern favored by Americans doesn't allow bodies to run through the liver's energy stores and make the switch to fat burning. In the new studies that have recently come out, they're now showing that intermittent fasting can stabilize blood sugar levels, increase resistance to stress, and suppress inflammation. It can also decrease blood pressure and cholesterol levels and improve resting heart rate, as well as improve brain health and memory. So if you're thinking of intermittent fasting as a fad diet, it's actually a legitimate option, but you might want to consider it as a long term option as well. It's not telling you don't eat carbs or don't eat fat, it's, it's just modulating when you're eating. Experts now say there's an evolutionary basis in the sense that hunter gatherers essentially followed an intermittent fasting diet because food was scarce and they didn't necessarily know when they were going to get their next meal. But the metabolic switch described by experts reflects the biological basis of intermittent fasting, and history is full of examples of humans engaging in fasting. It's been used a lot for medical and religious reasons, including Ramadan, which is a great example of prolonged intermittent fasting. In research papers, experts are laying out a couple of sample prescriptions for incorporating fasting into your daily life. People who want to try time-restricted feeding could themselves to a 10 hour feeding period five days a week for the first month, and then bring the period down to eight and then six hours in subsequent months. The goal would be to achieve a six hour feeding period seven days a week. Or people can start out by fasting one day a week and one meal on that day of 1000 calories and extend that to two days a week by the second month. The goal would be a single 500 calorie meal on two days each week. Experts warn that you'll likely be very uncomfortable as your body adapts to your new eating pattern. This is very similar to exercise programs where someone who is sedentary takes a month or two to get into shape while their organ systems adapt to the particular exercise that they're engaging in. But it can take between a few weeks to a couple of months for someone to get comfortable with intermittent fasting. If someone typically eats breakfast and then tomorrow they don't eat breakfast, they're going to be hungry and irritable as it gets towards lunchtime. That will be gone after two weeks to a month if you stick to it. Don't expect immediate results either. It could take a few weeks before your body adapts to the point where you'll start dropping pounds and experiencing improved health function. Participants also must keep in mind that fasting doesn't give them free license to eat whatever they want. Obviously, you're still going to want to follow a healthy diet, and it's not like you can only eat fast food because you're doing intermittent fasting so you'll be healthy. Always make sure that you're making smart choices if you're going to be doing fasting, but... Experts consider intermittent fasting a reasonable diet option and there's still a lot to learn about it as well. But experts sit now, but researchers think it shows promise and there's still a lot of work to be done before intermittent fasting is 100% safe and effective for everybody to follow. There are some preliminary results of research that show intermittent fasting might improve cancer treatment. It turns out cancer cells typically use only glucose as a food source and they cannot use fats. But if you hit them with a the chemotherapeutic drugs or radiation when the person's fasting, then cancer cells are more easily killed. There are multiple trials going on right now to see if fasting could help treat cancer. But if you were going to embark upon a fasting regimen, please, please, please consult your doctor first. Don't just run off and try it. You want to make sure you're healthy and able to do that without experiencing some significant Significantly adverse effects. So, one last article for the day. The coronavirus diet is a thing now, with nine foods that promote relaxation to help people stay calm during all of this. This article came out on baltimore.cbslocal.com. The author is not listed, but here we go. If you're experiencing nervousness racing, thought, difficulty getting to sleep, or even panic during the coronavirus pandemic, you're not alone. This is an extremely stressful time and it's only natural that we'd feel a little amped and uneasy. But if you're having trouble relaxing, avoiding sugar and caffeine is a must. These ingredients could further stress on our bodies and set us up for anxiety. On the flip side, there are foods that can help support our nervous system, increase our resiliency to stress and even make us calm after we eat them. Let's learn about some of these. Number one on this list is kefir. And I don't know if you've ever tried it, but it is a fermented drink that falls somewhere between yogurt and milk. Kefir is a great addition to your social distancing routine. It can be made from dairy milk or nut milk and contains high amounts of beneficial bacteria, which supports a healthy gut. At first, our gut health might seem unrelated to our nervous system, but it's actually quite the opposite studies have shown that not only stress can alter our gut in undesirable ways, but anxiety could actually be alleviated by regulating gut bacteria. Interesting, right? You can drink kefir plain or use it as a creamy base for recipes like soups, cucumber soups, avocado soups, drinks, protein smoothies, any one of those you can consume, or you can just drink it straight. It's got a pleasant taste to it. You can also get from the health food store. I think many grocery stores sell it now as well in the dairy section, but you can get it in different flavors like blueberry, strawberry, etc. But it's a nice thing to add to your diet. Number two on this list is salmon. Fatty fish like salmon is full of omega-3 fatty acids, which have been proven extremely beneficial for calming the nervous system. In fact, a systematic review of 19 clinical trials published in the J A M.A. Open Network showed that improvements in anxiety symptoms were associated with omega-3 fatty acid treatment. So, grab yourself some salmon. Number three, tart cherries. They contain high levels of various phytochemicals, including melatonin. You've probably heard of melatonin before. It's known as a sleep hormone because our bodies release it in the evening to help us go to sleep. Studies have also shown that consuming tart cherry juice increases melatonin levels and it can improve sleep quality and duration. So if you're having trouble winding down at night, try some tart cherries. Might help. Number four, cucumbers. Have you ever wondered why cucumber water is so popular? It could be because the smell of cucumbers has a natural stress relieving property. Not only Does it smell relaxing? But this low sugar fruit also contains B vitamins, which help support our central nervous system. In fact, studies have shown that B complex vitamins can help improve anxiety symptoms compared to a placebo. Lemons. Who would have thought? But plenty of studies have found interesting links between vitamin C and mood. In fact, one study on 42 high school students showed that vitamin C actually lowered anxiety levels. Citrus fruits like lemons, limes, oranges, and grapefruits are easily one of the best ways to get vitamin C into your diet. Try it! Number 6. This is a weird one, but Vegemite. (laughs) I'm not really sure where you would get this, but you might not think of Vegemite as a health food. But one study published in 2018 showed that people who consumed yeast-based spreads like Marmite and Vegemite had lower levels of anxiety and stress. According to the researchers, the B vitamin content in these spreads is likely to thank for their anxiety-reducing powers. So, Vegemite. Mm, put a little bit on your grilled cheese sandwich, toast, etc. Maybe on some kind of a meat. It is a bitter, salty flavor that you might need a little bit of time to adjust to, but ultimately can provide some awesome benefits. This next one, onions. Who would have thought? Onions are one of the best sources of prebiotic fiber, which helps to feed healthy gut bacteria. As we now know, a balanced microbe in your tummy is essential for optimal mental health. Other sources of prebiotic fiber include leeks, bananas, garlic, and apples. Try adding raw onions to salads or whips. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. Pumpkin seeds, they're another one, and they're one of the best sources of magnesium, which is often referred to as the relaxation mineral. And it is also one of the top stress relieving nutrients. Many of us are deficient in magnesium, as processed foods are virtually devoid of this mineral. But luckily, pumpkin seeds can provide more than 150 milligrams of magnesium per cup, which is about 50% of your daily recommended intake. Hmm. Interesting. And the final thing on this list, who would have thought, dark chocolate. Research published in the Journal of Pretome Research found that eating one and a half ounces of dark chocolate per day can actually lead to lower levels of cortisol, which is one of our primary stress hormones. For extra relaxation benefits, dark chocolate also contains significant levels of magnesium, as we mentioned earlier. Just make sure you opt for dark chocolate, and if you're not sure what to buy get the best dark chocolate bar you can find. So focusing on these foods can help promote relaxation, peaceful sleep, and a sense of calm, despite all the insanity that's going on out there right now. Luckily, most of these foods are also affordable, delicious, and can be prepared in a number of creative ways. Folks, cut yourself some slack during this time. Stay safe, stay inside, stay healthy, take care of yourself, spend time with your family. Life is short. Don't focus so much on the things that you need to do to improve yourself but focus on being happy and living a good life for yourself right now because it's pretty scary out there so until next time good night folks stay healthy and safe